In this devotional, I'm going to share with you three thoughts from Galatians chapter 6, verses 6 through 10, where I'll ask the question, what shall the believer sow? Galatians chapter 6, verses 6 through 10 says, One who is taught the word must share all good things with the one who teaches. Do not be deceived, God is not mocked. For whatever one sows, that will he also reap. For the one who sows to his own flesh will from the flesh reap corruption. But the one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. And let us not grow weary of doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. So then, as we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone, and especially to those who are of the household of faith. The book of Galatians is essentially a corrective. It's a corrective from people who are leaving the faith and moving back into Judaism. They're leaving this being saved by grace through faith to believing that they are being saved by performing the works of the law. And this is vitally important for us to understand that if we desire to be saved from our sin, we must be saved from our sin by grace through faith and not by our works that are done in accordance with the law. We must trust that Jesus' fulfillment of the law is sufficient to save us and that our own actions serve to do nothing for us but to condemn us further. This is Paul's argument all throughout the book, trying to explain to people that we as humans have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, and that it's only by Christ that we can have a right relationship with God. And it's within this context that we find our passage of Galatians chapter 6, verses 6 through 10, where I'm going to ask the question, what shall the believers sow? Thought number one, not the flesh. Paul is using this idea of sowing. He's using it as an analogy to explain how we ought to go about living the Christian life. And he says that we should not do so according to the flesh. We shouldn't be trusting in our flesh to accomplish the things that only the Spirit is able to accomplish. We have to trust that the Lord is doing that which he has purposed in the world by the power of his spirit, and that we are not accomplishing the good works of God ultimately by our flesh. He says that if you trust in the flesh, if you sow to the flesh, if you think that it is by your fleshly adherence to the law that you are going to be made right with God, the only thing that you are going to reap when harvest time comes is corruption. Thought number two, only the spirit. Instead of sowing according to the flesh, you sow according to the Spirit. That means you sow according to that which has indwelt us, that which has turned our heart of stone into the heart of flesh, that which has been given to us by God. The great gift of faith. You see, we must sow to the Spirit in order to inherit eternal life. If, if the ultimate harvest is for eternal life, that only comes about through the Spirit, that only comes about through the gracious gift that God has given to us. So we have to trust that the Holy Spirit is doing his job and is working out his purposes instead of relying upon human works to accomplish the good that God is doing in the world. And this is Paul's main argument. His main argument is that 
Jesus Christ has already accomplished in the flesh everything that must be accomplished in the flesh. That we, ourselves, sinful humanity, are not able to accomplish what is necessary in the flesh because of our sinfulness. Only Christ could do that. So now we are left with faith. We have to have faith in Christ that his death was sufficient in order for us to have the redemption of our souls, this gift of eternal life, this, this harvest of everlasting life. Thought number three, good. We do good in the world. We sow good in the world. Paul is using this idea of sowing. He says, don't sow to the flesh, sow to the spirit, but don't neglect doing good. You have to do good in the world. And you might stop to think and ask the question, why is it that we have to do good in the world if Christ has already accomplished everything for us? And that's a fair question. Here's the answer. You do good in the world because it's pleasing to God. You do good in the world out of gratitude for what Christ has accomplished. You do good in the world because this is a part of the way our Heavenly Father desires us to live. And how do we know what's good? We know it from the law. We know it from the law, what is good. We know what pleases God by the moral standards, the precepts that he has set down in his law. We know it from the words of Christ. We know it from the instructions of the apostles. We know it by the word of God. So by the word of God, we know that which is good. And that is how we are supposed to behave in the world. We should do good to others and specifically do good to our brothers and sisters in Christ. We need to do them good and seek their good in the world because these are our people. These are the people of God. These are the ones we have a shared faith in Christ with. And because we have that, we do good to our brothers and sisters in Christ. We do good to the people in the world. We do so because it's pleasing to God. And we hope to honor him in our actions. These three thoughts come from the assigned reading of Galatians chapter 4 through 6. If you'd like to read through the Bible with me, you can do so by subscribing to this channel, by clicking on the link in the description, or by joining the Facebook group Through the Bible, where we are reading the text of Scripture together.